0: It's always good to be in God's house, and uh, I hope that you always appreciate being in God's house, amen, especially in what's happened over the last few months, amen. Uh, God's house has never meant more to us as Christians than after all this, amen. Uh, I think one of the things that this, uh, all this uh, COVID-19 has taught us is that you know, being together is a huge part of who we are. And being together is a huge part of who the church is and the body of Christ. Can you worship at home watching on a TV? Yeah. And you get real comfortable. Uh, I know most of you, you were watching in your PJs, maybe less than that. I really don't want to get a picture of that. Uh, but, you know, you get your cup of coffee, you get your big old breakfast, sit down with a TV tray, and that makes it real easy to worship. And, listen, a lot of good things happen with all that. Amen. I mean, churches... We were not streaming our services until then, and guess what? Everybody had to quickly jump on board and, and learn how to get technologically savvy pretty quick. And now we've been putting, uh, posting our sermons uh, every week on video. And guess what? People watch those videos that aren't able to be here. We've got people watching in other states. Uh, I got people I didn't even realize, they asked me to send one of them to them, Uh, we have our our folks that we support in the Philippines, so we got people watching in the Philippines, amen, and uh, they said, send one of your videos over to us, we want to use it on a Sunday morning, and so I got to preach in the Philippines without even having to get on a plane, amen, that's what technology does for you, amen, but here's the the downside, is, and here's what's kind of happened, I think, and I hope, judging by this crowd, I think we're getting past it, is uh, people get lazy you know we get lazy we get used to watching it on video at home that sure is easy I don't have to get in the car I don't have to put any clothes on I can just uh, be in my PJs I can I can be totally relaxed uh, but guess what you know there is a, you are missing a key component and a key element to worship and that is being with other believers amen and so man look at this crowd this morning uh, I'm glad summer's coming to a close That has definitely been a memorable summer would you say amen to that uh not for good reasons but it's been a hard summer but uh i would say 2020 is going to be a year we will say we will never forget it amen and so uh we've got to understand that things are progressing Uh, i think summer's coming to a close now most of the schools have started back and so uh, i'm excited that you're here and i it's like i told somebody now it's kind of like our vision can start now we spent so much time trying to get uh, the church kind of back on track and and finish this building. And we got finished with the building or just about finished with the building and then COVID-19 shows up. We got to shut down for two or three months and then we do it on the parking lot for about a month. And then, you know, just all this stuff comes in, we come back in and it's like after uh, over a year now, it's like now we can finally actually concentrate on actually growing the church. Amen. And I think we're off to a great start. This crowd is a, is a, great, uh, a great start off to that. So fall is usually the time when churches grow the most. It kind of goes with the school year. So I want to encourage you. And I thought, what, uh, you know, as we're coming out of summer going into the fall, what would be a good message? And this kind of coincided, too, with uh, because you might notice we've, we've got a, a large group of uh, uh, family here. And this is Brother Mike's family, and uh, if you don't know it, Tuesday is September the 1st, and we are coming up on one year that Brother Mike, of his home going with the Lord, and it is sad, but we want, if you can turn this down, I think I'm ringing just a hair. Um, You know, we, uh, it's it's a sad moment, but it's also a rejoicing moment. Uh, Brother Mike, we know that he's in heaven, we know that he is rejoicing with the Lord, but it's sad for us amen because we're we're left here without him uh but the family is all here today and I know they're going to go to the graveside so y'all remind me at the end I I want to pray over all of you guys and I want to pray over all of y'all's family because uh you're my family now I wasn't related to brother Mike by blood uh but he was my f- uh, brother from another mother amen and so uh <laughs> so we were definitely uh brothers in Christ and uh brother Mike taught me so much and we are carrying on his legacy here today amen and so i kinda wanted to coincide it with that and then going into fall too is we all need to re-embrace our calling because what you and i are sitting in here today we're sitting in this nice new building still kinda smells new we had not had time to really get the smell uh... too nasty amen and uh... uh... it's still got that new car smell to it Uh, everything is nice we're here we finally got the building finished everything is accomplished and um, I'm here to tell you, but what we're sitting in here today is we're, we're literally sitting on Brother Mike's legacy of what he started and how he started uh, in him and Miss B.J.'s living room. Amen. You remember that first, uh, that first Sunday, Ms. B.J.? And so this is a legacy. How long ago? Forty-something years? Forty-two? Forty-three? All right. Forty-three years ago, uh, this vision right here was started in, uh, in their living room. Amen. And so we are... Do what? Brother Ken was there. Amen. We got one of the originals back there. Brother Ken was there. And so, and uh, Jason was there, <laughs> whether he wanted to be or not. Amen. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. So, I'm going to talk today about embracing your calling. Now, if you don't know, this left knee was replaced about six weeks ago. So, I'm going to stand as long as I can, but I'm going to have my backup chair back there too. So, if I sit down, that's why. Uh, it my leg has it tells me when i've done too much so i'm going to listen to it so i'm going to try to stand uh, but if i sit down that's why i sit down but embracing your calling i'm going to just going to jump right in here today because uh in memory of brother mike and in memory of uh what he started here uh i think as we start off for the fall we need to all re-embrace our calling and we need to get out there and we need to be about god's business because i know brother mike you know his life was spent with his calling uh, he always shared Jesus. He was a soul winner extraordinaire, and he was all about his calling and what people did. Now, you may be thinking when I say calling, people automatically think preacher, singer, teacher. Listen, there are so many more callings that, and I'm going to talk to you today about what we're all called to do. Uh, there, is a, there are callings that we are all called to do, and that's what I'm going to concentrate on today. So, uh, first scripture is Ephesians 4.1, if you'll uh, turn there with me. It's on the screen if you don't have your Bible. It says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord, and this is Paul speaking, talking to the church at Ephesus, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Now the first thing we need to look at is who was Paul speaking to here. This is Ephesians, so this is the letter, Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus. So this letter is not being written to pastors, it's being written to a church and church members. So this is the first thing to notice. And he says, all of you need to walk. So I'm going to pretend like I'm Paul, and you pretend like you're the church at Ephesus, but we're going to change it to the church at Landmark. And I'm telling you, you need to live a life, and you need to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Not a bunch of preachers, a bunch of church people. You need to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. So in other words, everybody in this room is called. Called to what? Well, what are we called to? That's what we're going to look at today, all right? Um, church is not an add-on. We are called by God. We don't go to church. We are to be the church. Now, many people have the attitude of, well, I go to church, and it's the thing I do on Sunday. And it's kind of like putting on a coat. We put on our Sunday coat, and we put on our Sunday go to meet clothes and when I get home from church, I take those clothes off, and I don't touch them again until Sunday again. That's not what church is to be. That's not what your Christianity is to be. Christianity is not a Sunday thing. Christianity is supposed to be a lifestyle of a Monday through Sunday thing. Amen? And so you need to live a life worthy of the calling. That means it's not an add-on to my life. It is the center of my life. Amen? So God's calling needs to be at the center of of your life and my life all right and don't just go to church and i'm here to tell you today if you came today just to be an attender we don't want you to just be an attender we want you to be involved we want you to find your purpose we want you to find your calling and we want you to fulfill that calling right here at landmark baptist church amen all right so uh in his church people are worn down physically drained emotionally exhausted spiritually discouraged uh listen, this COVID-19 has people in bigger depression. You know what's up? Alcoholism is up. Suicide is up. Depression is up. And uh, all of those things. Uh, So COVID-19, there's a lot of other things that can kill you with COVID-19 other than just COVID-19. All right. Because all of that has ramped up. Okay. And so what we've got to do, there has never been a time when people need hope more than right now. So guess what? I believe this. The church is either going to pick up the ball and run with it, or we're going to drop the ball. There has never been a time when the church could rise up and see a spiritual awakening than right now because people are searching. People are without hope. They're searching for hope. They're searching for answers. Never more than today. Amen? Because people are fearful. Now listen, there is no reason to fear death. Now, listen, I know the old saying, everybody wants to go to heaven, just nobody wants to go right now. Amen? And that is true. That is true. Uh, But you don't have to fear death itself. Now, listen, I don't like pain, and I, I don't like the unknown, and that's part of what scares us about death. But death itself and what's waiting for me on the other side, I don't even worry about that. Because I know beyond a shadow of doubt. I believe God's word. I believe God's word is true. I believe in heaven. I believe he says, I will go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Amen. And he has a place for me in my father's house or many mansions. If it were not true, I would have told you so. Amen. So you don't have to worry. You don't have to think. If you got Jesus in your heart, then that's all you need to know. Now, I know some people. Uh, that if you didn't grow up in church, you may wonder because and I'm going to preach on this next Sunday, the security of the believer, because some people, they want to raise their hand. They want to get saved every week. And I'm going to I'm going to talk about this next week in depth. So I want you to come and I want you to show up. All right. Because, listen, all you got to do, you only get saved one time. If you mean business with God, you get saved one time. The Bible tells me that, uh, that those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved this week? Saved just today? No. Saved. All sin is forgiven. Past sin. Present sin. Future sin. Now, does that mean I don't have to pray ever again? No. Does that mean maybe I need to rededicate my life? No. But as far as getting saved, you do it once and you, be- you mean business with God, it's done. What's done is done. Amen. The Bible says that you are sealed until the day of redemption. So I'm going to talk about that very specifically next week. So if you've always kind of been wondering, and you're one of those that prays the prayer every week and raise your hand every week, you don't have to do that, all right? And I, I wanted to address that so that you know that. Now, does that not mean that I need to pray every week? And I need to ask God to forgive me of my sins every week? No, you need to do that, all right? But I'm here to tell you, uh, many of us can't walk in victory because we're not walking in the security of the believer. Amen? And so we're going to talk about that very specifically next week, all right? So if you know somebody that needs to hear that or you need to hear that, please bring them next week, all right? Okay, let's uh, move on to the next slide. The devil cannot destroy you, but he will try to discourage you, all right? You have to reclaim your calling. What do I do? Number one, um, here's what you have to do. Now, these are things that God has called everybody in this room to do. You may not know what your specific calling is, but I'm here to tell you these three things I'm about to give you, everybody in this room is called to. The first thing, obviously, the very first thing you got to do before you uh, run, you walk, God calls you to salvation if you've never been saved if you're not sure if you've ever been saved if you're not secure in your salvation you need to nail it down today and you may say well brother Mark how in the world can I do that how can I nail down my salvation because I know if I pray the prayer I'm going to sin tomorrow well yes you are dummy amen you're a sinner and you're good at it amen if you're a sinner today and you're 30 years old You've done 30 years of sinning, amen? You're good at it, all right? You've gotten really, really good at it, all right? You don't stop being a sinner. You just start being a sinner saved by the grace of God, amen? And so we need to understand what the difference is. So today, if you don't know if you're secure in your salvation, you know why I can be secure in my salvation? Because it has nothing to do with Mark Trammell. Praise God. If you know Mark Trammell, say amen. Amen. It has nothing to do with me. Will I fail? Yes. Will I mess up? Yes. Ask my wife. Amen. She will tell you more than unequivocally. All right. So I'm going to mess up. I'm going to. I'm going to still be the same old Mark Trammell. I'm made out of flesh and blood, just like you. You may think the preacher don't have, have no sin in his house. Oh dear Lord. Uh. We won't even go there, all right? Uh, Yeah, the preacher has sinned at his house. The preacher struggles. The preacher is discouraged just like you. The preacher gets depressed just like you. The preacher wants to quit just like you. The preacher wants to say that it's not worth it. God, is too hard. I can't do it anymore. These people aren't listening anyway. God, I quit. It's easy, isn't it? Guess what? Most preachers, every Monday, depending on how Sunday went, they either are ready to quit Or charge hell with a squirt gun. Amen. If it was a good Sunday, they're ready to charge hell with a squirt gun. Amen. But guess what? You very rarely have two good Sundays in a row. Amen. You had a good one this Sunday, buckle in because you're probably going to be depressed next one. Amen. So we got to understand that's human nature. But I'm here to tell you, I serve a savior who saved me and my salvation is secure because he has redeemed me and he has locked me in. He has sealed me until the day of redemption. And guess what? That seal doesn't get broken until the day I see Jesus. Amen. And then it becomes complete. I become complete. He becomes complete. All right? So God calls everybody to salvation. If you're not sure, if you're not 100% sure beyond a shadow of a doubt, nail it down today. Pray the prayer. You call upon the name of the Lord, thou shalt be saved. All right? Okay, number two. God calls you to sanctification. Now, that's a big word, isn't it? All sanctification means set apart, set apart, live a holy life. Now, I just messed some of you up right there. Live a holy life. I can't live a holy life. No, you cannot. You know what live a holy life means? It means live in God's holiness. I can't be perfect. I I equate holiness with perfection, but that's not it. You know what righteousness is? Righteousness is just being in a right relationship with God. So I clothe myself in God's righteousness. I put on his righteousness, his holiness. So guess what? I'm never going to be perfect, but I'm going to do my best to live a set-apart life, live a holy life. This is where many of you mess up because you get discouraged every time you mess up and you think, See there? God can't use me. I'm just a stinking sinner. I got news for you. Yes, yes, unequivocally you are a rotten stinking sinner amen but you will never do anything for God if you let the devil always beat you down with that if you let the devil always discourage you so guess what you need to learn to live a life that's set apart I'm not saying a perfect life I'm saying you need to learn to live a life that honors God now let me just simplify it real easy a lot of the things that you want to do and that your flesh wants to do If your flesh wants to do it, there's a 99% chance it's the thing you shouldn't do. All right? So living a life set apart simply means saying no to a lot of things that you say yes to. Amen? That's living a set apart life. It's not being perfect. It's not being without sin. It's simply saying, Lord, I am more interested in honoring you than I am in pleasing my flesh. And so, Lord, I want to live a set apart life. Now, does that take some discipline? Yeah, a little bit. Amen. But guess what? God will help you. God says, if you'll take one step towards me, I'll meet you there. If you'll take one step of faith towards me, I will meet you there, and I will help you all I can. Amen. And so the the Lord will help you do it. Live a set-apart life. Number three, God calls everybody in here to service. There are no bench warmers in the family of God and on the team of God. If God calls you and you got saved, you are to be playing in the game. You are not to be sitting on the sideline. You are not to come here and watch everybody else worship. You are to come here and you are actively to worship God and you are to actively serve God, amen? Nobody was called to sit. Everybody here was called to get, all right? You are to do something. I've talked about this and that some churches have this. I would love to get a sign. Uh, Some churches have a sign above the door on your way out that says you are now entering your mission field. Uh, I love that because that is true. When you leave, the true test of what you have, anybody can show up and play church for an hour or two. But the real test of your Christianity is what are you going to do when you walk out those doors? How are you going to live your life different this week? And so everybody is called to service. You may say, well, Mark, how do I serve? Be nice to somebody. Help somebody. Cook somebody a meal that maybe is struggling or maybe they have somebody sick in their family. Uh, Fix somebody's car. Go mow somebody's yard that can't get out and mow their own yard. There are a million ways to bless somebody. There are a million ways to serve the Lord. You don't even have to do them necessarily associated with Landmark Baptist Church. Just do it on your own. Uh, Our church in Longview that I was at for 12 years, we did a thing for about a month called Random Acts of Kindness. And we all had these cards. You've just been given a random act of kindness. And Everybody did everything from passing out water bottles to taking food to people. And ours came up with a really unique one. We bought everybody. We, we stood down at the Brookshire's gas station, and we bought everybody $10 worth of gas. People pulled in there, and we just said, uh, you here to get gas? Yeah, well, we're going to put $10 in for you. And here we're just doing it as a random act of kindness. People were blown away. I mean, something little like that. People were like, why are you giving me... T- what, 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 what strings are attached? Nothing. We just want to bless you. Amen. You can serve in so many ways. And so just, just be nice to somebody. Sometimes just smiling at somebody or a kind word to somebody can be an act of service. Amen. All right. Next scripture. Uh, Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So whatever you do... Can I tell you this? Some of you want to know where your calling is. How many of you are going to uh, either high school or college right now? Raise your hand. Your calling is wherever you go to school every day. Now, you may say, well, I'm online. Well, hey, bless God. uh, Witness somebody online. Amen. Uh, But guess what? Where you go, where you're at, that is your calling. That's where you're called to go serve somebody. All right? How many of you have a job? That job is your calling. That is your point and your place of calling. That's where God has put you. Because what this scripture is saying is how you act as an employee is a reflection of God. If you call yourself a Christian and you are the sorriest employee at work, you are not being a very good witness, are you? Because some people, you're the only Jesus some people will ever see. And some people may say, well, that is one stinking lazy Jesus. And uh, that, that, uh, that Jesus ain't no good. Amen. So... Why are we going to drag the Lord's name through the mud because we're a sorry employee? This is what this scripture is saying. Everything you do, do it as if you're doing it under the Lord. Do it with pride. Do it with excellence. Amen. Why should you do, your, do a good work at your job just so you're known as a bit? No, you're doing it for God's glory because if anybody there knows you're a Christian, they are putting a tag on you and they're looking at you. Listen, once you call yourself a Christian, whether you want to or not, people are watching you. All right? And so they're watching how you act and react, what you do and what you don't do. So it's very important, all right? Okay. Um, let's see here. Next scripture, 1 Corinthians 1, 26. It says this, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. All right? Um, this is encouraging to me because it says not many were smart. Not many were real talented, not many were real gifted, not many were noble, but they were all called. Now look at the 12 that Jesus picked. Uh, There was one doctor in there. There was one educated guy. Most of them were fishermen, tax collectors, uh, somebody everybody hated. They were not necessarily all real educated. Like I said, there was one maybe real educated one in there. Most of them were just common working stiffs. Amen. And so... God took 12 guys that were none of that, and he turned the world upside down with them, all right? Because of the power of God in their life, all right? God does not call the prepared. God prepares the called, all right? When you give your heart and life to Jesus, God can use you no matter what. Can I tell you this? Everybody in this room can be used. If you will open your mouth and open your mind and open your life to be used by God, everybody can use you i mean god can use everybody here because he will give you the words he will put the words in your mouth he will tell you what to do when to say it who to go to listen i've you know i've worked many jobs in my life and uh sometimes at work god would tell me you know your co-worker over here is struggling and they don't know the lord and you really need to go talk to him and i'm like lord I don't know what to say to that person. You know, we've never even really had a real conversation. And God, you know, I don't think they even like me. And so, you know, God, we're here working, and there's just no time. God, no, no, no. But God just keeps on and keeps on. And I find that when I, when I was obedient to God, I felt that God was leading me to talk to somebody. If I would just take that step of faith, God would just put the words in my mouth. And sometimes he would even open the door for me. He would just open the door of conversation. They'd come to me and they'd say something, and it would open the door to our conversation. So I'm here to tell you, take that step of faith. God will give you the words. He'll put the words in your mouth. Well, I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not educated enough. Uh, You know, I'm not trained in the Bible enough. True, 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 and true. But guess what? You're a saved individual who knows Jesus. If you know Jesus, you know all you need to know. How did you get to be known with Jesus? How did you get a relationship with Jesus? Tell them to, how you did it and say you can do the exact same thing. He saved me, and I'm a mess. He can save you too. All right? Guess what? It, once, you, once you relate to people that I'm not telling you I'm holier than you, I'm telling you I I'm messed up and I needed Jesus, and Jesus pulled me out of the mess, and guess what? He can do the same for you. I'm not trying to pretend I'm holier than you. I'm not trying to pretend that I got my act together and you don't. I'm just telling you, I found Jesus and he gave me hope and he can do the same thing for you. That makes all the difference in the world. Because nine times out of ten, people think all oh, those, those Christians, they just think they're better than us or they're, they're trying to live holier than us. No, we're just beggars trying to tell other beggars where we found some bread. Amen? Amen. All right. Okay. The qualities of a calling. Two qualities of a calling, and then we're going to end it here, all right? Number one thing that you can understand when you try to do what God's calling you to do on your life, calling is going to cost you. It's going to cost you something. Now, you may say, well, what does it cost me? It, it can be a lot of different things, but one of the main things it may cost you is just your comfort level, all right? Again, when God tells you, I want you to go talk to that person down there, uh, that's probably going to take you out of your comfort zone. Or God says, I want you to go do something nice for your neighbor, uh, and you're like, well, Lord, I've never even talked to my neighbor. I don't even know my neighbor's name. Listen, just do. When you feel a tugging that God is telling you to go do something, just trust him and go do it and get out of your comfort zone. God will give you the right words to say at the right time. It can cost you. It may cost you money. Guess what? You know, uh, that $10 of gas we were putting in everybody's deal, whose pockets do you think that came out of? All that small group that was doing that. So it may cost you some money. It may cost you some time. It may cost you, you know, here's one of the main things I find is people say, well, you know, I'd like to stop and help more people, but I just don't have time. You ever been driving down the road and you see somebody broke down on the side of the road or a flat tire on the side of the road, and you go, Lord, I I would stop, but I just don't have time. Listen, stopping and helping somebody Stopping and doing the work of the Lord, it's never going to happen at a convenient time. Sometimes you just have to say, you know what, Lord? You put this opportunity in front of me. I'm not going to pass it by. Turn around and go back. Amen? Sometimes it's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you effort. It's going to cost you money. All right? But guess what? It is so worth it. When you bless somebody, that will be more to you. That's worth thousands of dollars. All right? All right? Calling costs you. When God called Saul to become Paul... It caused a total upheaval in his life. Do you remember that? Paul was Saul before he got converted, and his job was to, um, you know, uh, persecute Christians. And then God, he has a Damascus Road experience, and God changes his name to Paul and says, Now, I want you to go tell people about me. The very ones you've been persecuting, I want you to turn around and I want you to go talk to them, all right? So what happens is, God tells this guy, Ananias, who's a believer, that Ananias, there's this guy named Paul, uh, this guy named Saul, and I'm going to change his name to Paul, but there's this guy named Saul. Do you know him? And Ananias says, oh, yeah, that's the guy that kills Christians. And he says, yeah, well, Ananias, I need you to go down and help him. He's on the road to Damascus, and he's blind right now, and I need you to go down there and help him. Let's look at it. It's in in Acts chapter 9, all right? But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. Verse 16, for I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. So this is a twofold effect. Ananias, God says, this guy that was killing Christians, I need you to go down there and take his hand and lead him back here because i got to train him for something. He's going to be the guy that's going to bring the gospel to the Gentiles. And Ananias is like... uh, I don't think we got a good connection, Lord. That guy's killing people. I am, the last thing I'm going to do is go down there and grab his hand and lead him back down here because he'll probably kill me. But God said, trust me. And he said, here's what I want you to do. Bring him to me, for I will show him uh, how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Now, we think of Paul, and we think of all the great things Paul did. But guess what? Paul, to give his life to Christ, he had to suffer many, many things. All right? What did Paul have to suffer? Do you remember what Paul went through? Paul was whipped. Paul was uh, nearly drowned. Paul was persecuted. Paul was tortured more than once. He was stoned more than once. He was bitten by a snake. And he was beaten and imprisoned many, many, many times. All right. Uh, Next slide. The moment that you step into your calling, you step out of your comfort zone. All right. Now, go to the next slide because I'm here to tell you here's what's going to happen. It is a dichotomy. It is two different things. Serving Jesus is a gift from God and it will bless you so much, but guess what? At times it's going to be a grind. You know why? Salvation's easy. Like I said, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Salvation's easy because Jesus did all the work. Living for God every single day that you get up out of the bed, that's harder, isn't it? Why? Because some days it's a grind. Some days you get up out of bed and everything's gone right and you feel good, the sun's shining, and you're just singing, and you say, oh, Lord, it's a good day, amen? But what happens the next day? That day you get up, and it's going to be a grind to get through this day, all right? So guess what? Some days are a gift. More often than not, the days are going to be a grind. Living your calling is a great thrill. Like I said, blessing people beyond measure and giving something to somebody and giving of yourself to somebody, that will bless you, that will thrill you more than you can imagine. But guess what? Some days it's going to be a burden because it's going to cost you more than you really wanted to pay that day. All right? Some days to stop and help somebody, you may think, well, this is going to take an hour. Guess what? I pulled over to help somebody on the side of the road thinking, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be done in 30 minutes or an hour. And I ended up blowing half my day uh, there because it ended up being a bigger problem than we thought. But guess what? That's okay. Some days it's a thrill. Some days it's a burden. But guess what? For God, it's always worth it. All right? And I will tell you this, especially as a preacher, ministry can be exhilarating. On days like today when the house is full and everything's good and the preacher's standing and his leg is feeling good and, uh, man, everything is good today, amen? But guess what? Next Sunday when everybody, uh, you know, decides they're all going to go to Galveston at the same time or something and the house is empty and the preacher's leg is hurting and he can't really concentrate and the preaching stinks, uh, listen, then that day it's exhausting, all right? That's why I told you every other week the preacher wants to charge hell with a squirt gun. The next Monday he wants to quit. Amen. Because it can be exhilarating on one Sunday, and the next Sunday it can be exhausting. All right. it is. That's just life. How many of you know that life is like a roller coaster? It's up and it's down. And I'm here to tell you, you got to quit living in the ups and the downs. You know, Paul said, I've learned to be content. And that was because Paul learned he was keeping even keel. Don't get too high on the highs. Don't get too low on the lows. Listen, on the days you're struggling, just pray more. Get into God's word more. Some days you're going to have to press in harder to find God on the really hard days. Amen. So press in harder, all right? All right. So calling costs you. Number two, calling sustains you. All right? how did paul endure when he was persecuted how did paul endure when he was tortured how did paul endure when he was put in prison and whipped and nearly drowned and stoned to death how did paul endure all right paul didn't finish because he was competent paul finished because he was called and you remember paul's famous statement is that i have run the race i have fought The good fight. Amen. Paul knew he was coming to the end of his life and he said, I've done everything. I have run the race. All right. And I want to tell you everybody in this room can start strong, but unfortunately, very few will finish strong. And it's not how you start. You ever notice, you ever watch the marathons where they run 26 miles? And uh, at the beginning, at the starting line, everybody's together. And everybody's equal, and they shoot the gun off, and everybody looks like, man, they're, they're all going to run a good race. But you get to the 26th mile, and you see how many's there. It's not how you start. Everybody starts good. It's how you finish. Amen. And, in fact, many will fall down and never get back up and will never finish the race. And that's sad. That is sad to God. That should be sad to us. Amen. So finish strong. If I can encourage you with anything today. Paul didn't finish strong because he was competent. Paul finished strong because he was called of God, all right? Uh, So here's what I want you to say. Uh, Philippians 3, 13 and 14. He said, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, all right? I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Here's what I want you to stay with me today. I want you to say this with me today. I'm going to say it, then I want you to repeat it. I will not stop. Come on, like you mean it. I will not stop. I will not quit. I'm called to go. I won't go away. I won't let go. I will never let up. I will reclaim your calling. And I will stand. Amen. And I want to, here's what I want to do today. Give me that last scripture, Second uh, Thessalonians 1, 11, and 12. This therefore we also pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all of the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? Now, earlier today, I said maybe you don't know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're saved. Or maybe every Sunday you get re-saved. And you don't need to do that. Um, But many times that's because you're unsure. You don't know for sure. So I want to encourage you today. If that's you today, if you would say, Mark, I'm not sure if I were to die right this moment, whether I'd go to heaven or whether I would miss heaven, whether I'd go to hell. And I want to encourage you today. Those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved that's all you have to do because he died for you so if that's you today or maybe today you need to recommit yourself to him either one of those reasons I want you to pray this prayer with me in your heart and your mind say dear Jesus I'm a sinner and right now I admit that I'm a sinner I believe you died on the cross for me And I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me of my sin. Save me from myself. From this day forward, I want to live for you. Now, every head bowed, every eye still closed. You prayed that prayer today for the first time or the second time or the hundredth time, whether for the first time to give your heart and life to Christ or another time to recommit yourself to God. Would you just lift up a hand? Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. I want to ask you to do something and be brave. If you, if you raised your hand, I'm not going to ask you to talk or anything or embarrass you. I just wish if you'd come down here and stand in front, uh, I would love for just people to see you if you prayed to receive Christ. Come on down, brother. Now, if you're here today and you've been attending Landmark Baptist Church, but you've never fully committed to say, I want to be a member of, uh, of Landmark Baptist Church. I, want, I need to come and join. You, brother, God bless you, man. Uh, just stand right there. Uh, if you are here today and you say, You know what, I need to join this church, I need to commit myself and just join this church, uh, would you just lift up a hand? Anyone? All right. Father, I thank you for this young man today. I thank you for his bravery. I just come stand in front here, Father God. I pray. Lord, thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your love for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you're doing in this place. I pray that you'd uh, be with the rest of this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Now look up here. This young man is probably the bravest young man in the building. Amen. What is your name, brother? Seth. Seth. Seth raised his hand and said, I'm praying today to receive Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Amen. Give Seth a big hand if you would. Seth, can i tell you today that's the most important decision you'll ever make in your life and it's all because of jesus because you're not perfect i'm not perfect but he died on the cross for your sins and my sins amen so i want you to stand right here because i know some people would love to uh, shake your hand and uh, do all that and uh we're going to end here in a moment and I, I need to get your name and everything but just stay right there standing i'm going to ask brother mike's family would you guys come stay across here because we want to pray for you guys today uh, if, uh, if all of the ones that are here with Brother Mike's family uh, would come forward here today we're not here to embarrass anybody but we do want to pray over them because they are our family, amen let's come find you a spot amen and have you loved the Daniels family say amen amen, amen. all right Look at them, such a big crowd. Get him, cram them all in here, amen. Seth, you can scoop down just a hair there. All right. Awesome. So I want you to stretch your hands. If you believe in the Daniels family and you're thankful for Brother Mike and his legacy, uh, I want you to stretch your hands towards this family, and we're going to end by uh, saying a blessing over them today, because I know this will be a weekend full of great stories and and, uh, a lot of... Laughter, hopefully, and good memories, but it's all, it'll also be a hard time and a, some sad stuff. Uh, so we want to pray for them uh, for this uh, this week, all right? Just extend your hands. Let's pray. Lord, we want to pray a prayer blessing over the Daniels family, God. We thank you for Brother Mike. We thank you for his life, his legacy. And, Lord, we want to carry that on here at Landmark Baptist Church. And we want to continue to see souls saved and lives changed. And uh, this church make a huge difference in this community. Thank you for Seth this morning. And, God, we just pray we continue to every Sunday see people come to know you as their Savior. And so, Lord, I pray that, God, you just... uh uh, just bless this church. And I pray that you'd bless this family as they spend this weekend together and as they uh, come uh, on Tuesday to September 1st, Lord. I, I pray, Lord, that you'd overcome the sadness with joy and great memories and great precious memories and laughter and, uh, and sweet, fun memories of Brother Mike. And I pray that, God, you just lift up their spirits, wrap your arms around them, and just uh, comfort them, let them know you're walking through every step of this with them, Father. I just pray it in Jesus' precious name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. God bless you. You guys are dismissed.